The shir today is going to be discussing some things we discussed the past week, and that is the halachas of damages, the shibudim, that the poilim and the balabayas have to each other. So we mentioned before that when the balabayas backs out and reneges on the agreement with the poilim, the balabayas is chayim. That means like this. If there is the chance that they would have had another job yesterday, and now there is no other job for them, so he caused them this kind of loss, he is chayiv to pay. What is the rationale for this halacha? Where does it come from? What kind of chayiv is it? Is it a chayiv mazik? Is it a special chayiv for serious Pilem? So this is a very fundamental discussion in the Rishonim in Parapa Omnin. Let's begin with the Lashon of the Mishnah again. The Mishnah says in the Ayin Hamid base, If you have some of the hired workers and they tricked each other, all they have against each other is Tarumis. However, the Gemara in Ayin Vavimid base says as follows The Gemara says, When does this apply that all they have is a grievance, is a Tarumis? That's B'Shaloi Holchu if they did not go to the work site. Aval Holchu Chamarim B'Lemotzotua. Let's say these donkey drivers, they went and they did not find the item that they needed to transport. In this case, it was wheat. Or there was workers that found the field was already irrigated. They were sent to irrigate the field and there had been a rain that irrigated the field. He pays, the Balabais must pay them for the job, the kind of salary that he pays them is going to be different because they did not do physical labor. He's going to give them um, a salary that they would accept in lieu of doing physical labor. So now we're going to break down this Gemara into a few components. First of all, what does it mean that they went to do the work? So Tysus, this is a very important Tysus, Tysus asks, Kasha read and re asks the question, we hold like a mayor that you're chayev for garmi. What is garmi? Garmi is a form of damage which is, even though it's not completely and totally direct, nonetheless, it is almost direct. It's an almost direct form of damage. An example of garmi would be if a person has a loan document and somebody else comes, takes a lighter and burns the loan document. Even though he didn't actually physically take money and throw it in the garbage, but since now he took away the ability to collect the money, the person who burned the loan document is Chayev Medina de Garmi. Now there is a halacha called Groma. Groma is a less direct form of damage, according to many of the Paiskim. That is Pater Medina Adon Chayev Medina Shemayim. A person does not have to pay in Bezdin on a Grom. However, a Garmi, we hold like Rameir, the Doi Dinu the Garmi, that you do have to pay for this kind of damage known as a Garmi. So Tysus is asking that when you have an agreement between the Balabayas and the Pile, and the Balabayas backtracks on the agreement, you have a situation where he is causing them a rather direct form of damage that they lost the job they could have had yesterday even though he didn't take away money from them, but because of them, they lost the job from yesterday. So Titus asks, so therefore, in When a person backs out on someone else, even if there's no 
damaged, but they could have had a job yesterday. So why shouldn't he pay them, the, like which the Gemara refers to as pile bottle, which means almost a full salary according to many Paiskim, or ha at least half the salary, which we're going to see later on. So Titus answers, and I'm going to say it outside, that that is really what the Gemara is saying. Titus says that when the Gemara says that if they went and they didn't find the job, that means that they went and they gave up possibilities of getting other jobs. For, to explain that a little better, you have people, they stand in a certain area, you have this work area where you can pick them up, these day laborers, you can pick them up, they can do a job. Now, if you pick them up and you take them to your place, and at around 10 o'clock, 10.30, they get there, there's nothing for them to do, nobody's coming back to the workplace, to, to that waiting place, to pick up workers at 10.30 in the morning, 11 o'clock. People who needed a full-day job are usually there early in the morning. So you cause the laborers to have a loss. The same thing if you ask someone to ded dedicate a day of his work to you, he gives up another job, that's the same thing. You cause them to have that loss. So that's what it means that they went. That means to say they entered a situation that they cannot go back and get the other job anymore. So therefore, Tyson says, the reason why a person would be high to pay if the workers began a job, or almost began a job, is because they gave up another opportunity. <coughs> Therefore, according to Dyson, it comes out that it doesn't actually have to mean that they actually went someplace. It means it's a form of speech. If they gave up another job, then you have to pay for the loss of, the, of, of this worker. Because you caused them to lose the other job. Now the Gemara is going to tell us later on that there are other ways to make it up. If you find them another job, for example. But we're talking about that you can't find them another job. It's too late. So they had a job opportunity yesterday, and they gave that up because of you. So there you have a case of a garmi and your chayv. So according to Taisus, the rationale for the chayv of the balabayas, of the employer backing out of the employee, would be connected to a din of mazik more than a din of serious pilot, would be resembling more a halacha of mazik, of garmi, which is a form of damage, and therefore you're chayv to pay. So again, rationale number one for the chayv of serious pilot, of when one person backs out of the other, when is a chayv based, based on the chayv of a garmi, a chayv mazik. Another opinion is the opinion of the ritva, and this may very well be one of the most important maramukhaimists on the sugi of serious pilot. This Ritva is found earlier in Bavmetziah, the Ayn Gimlom and Beis, where he's quoting his Rebbe, and the Ritva writes, B'Shem Mayri Harav, he says as follows, the Vizet Inyan Schiris Pilot. This is the Inyan of Schiris Pilot, the Bepirkin Lekamon. Now what Inyan is he talking about? So previously he says as follows, he says that when one person promises another person to guarantee a loan, Ruben asks Shimon to act as a guarantor. He's called an Arev. The Gemara in Babasar explains that what obligates an Arev to pay up a loan? The, the Arev is obligated to pay up a loan because he obligates himself through the fact that he feels people trust him. Therefore, he's willing to be Mechaev himself. It's like a Hizchaevist. Through the Hanah that people trust him, he feels important, he feels respectable, so therefore he's willing to back his word. 
He's willing to put his money where his mouth is because he feels respected. Says the Ritva in the name of his Rebbe, the Zet Indian Sirius Pilum. This is the same concept of Sirius Pilum, the Bepirk and the Kamon. Shechayovim l'shalim l'balabayis, mashem mafsid, shechazru behem, oisha balabayis, chayv l'sham lehem, mashem mafsidin, kibon shesamchu ze al ze. Because they relied on each other. Therefore, they are required to pay up for whatever happens that happened because of them. And this is a very important halacha. So the Ritva is telling us that the reason why Pilot, Sirius Pilot, meaning to say whether the employee backs out or the employer is back out, but the reason why they're required to pay for the loss that was caused through reneging on the agreement is not necessarily a concept of garmi, rather it's a concept known as arvus, known as behahi through the enjoyment that you trusted me, I want to be trustworthy so I back up my word, I'm mechaiv myself to keep my word. And this obviously is just the tip of an iceberg, there's a lot more to this discussion, but to sum it up we have two, two mahalachim over here, we have a mahalach of garmi, and we have a mahalach called arvus. Those are the two basic, fundamental ways. Now, there are variations of this, but this is, for simplicity's sake, we're going we're to point it out in this kind of way. Now, the Mechaber seems to follow the concept of Arvus more, and the way that we know this is based on a little bit of a different discussion. There's another Peshat in the Gemara, what it means that Halchu. What does it mean that the Poilam went? So the Ramban says, he disagrees with Taisa's Peshat in the Gemara. Titus says that halfu and lehalfu, going and not going, is just a form of speech saying that you gave up another job and you didn't go another job opportunity. Ramban says, I agree to Titus' halacha, of course. I agree to that halacha that if a person gives up another job, you have to pay for the fact he caused it. But I have a child the Gemara that fits better with the Lashon. And the Ramban teaches us a very big Chiddush. The Ramban says that the Sechiris Pilon. The Kenyan that we refer to, the Kenyan of Sirius Poilim, which some Svarim, I believe the Steinfler writes, may be based on the Ritva Svar, which we just mentioned, says the Ramban, that Chiv does not need a loss at certain times. When? If you began the job, even if you did not lose a previous job opportunity, you, but you began the job, says the Ritva, I'm uh, says the Ramban, sorry, that once you begin working in the agreement, you are now chayved to pay your poilim, or whatever, either side, the employer or the employee, are now bound by the halachas of this agreement. We're going to talk about the employee backing out in a minute. We spoke about it in the previous year. But the employer backing out is usher once the job began. Says the Ramban, therefore the chiv of the balabayas to pay is, is only if the job began, but, says, says the Ramban, that's even if there was no uh, loss incurred because of it. So according to the Ramban, the Mahalach of Sphir Spoilim can work either through the concept of a Garmi, or it can work through the concept of Haskalas Malacha, even if there was no loss. The Mechaber brings down this opinion of the Ramban, and the Mechaber and Shinlam and Gimel Sif Bey says very clearly, Im halchu, 
Even though they would not have found another job yesterday, this is a, a quote from the middle of the base. So the Mechaber is clearly passing me that you don't need a Garmi to be Chayev. You could be Chayev simply by the fact that you started the work, and that is consistent with the opinion of the Ramban. So here we have the Mechaber that seems to go with the Mahalach of the Ramban, <coughs> which is not a Mahalach of Garmi, and therefore it may be, if not a third opinion, it may be at least the opinion of the Ritva, according to some Achrein. The Tais points out another problem with Tais's Mahalach of Garmi, of applying concepts of Mazik over here. And the Tais points out a very important thing, that we find that Mazik is usually not going to apply when the Hezik was just a loss of, of potential profit. Now there's a difference between an actual loss and a loss of potential profit. Potential profit you could have made, but you didn't make it, but you didn't have a loss. An actual loss, you'd be high because of Garmi. The Ketai says that when you're just losing a potential profit, you could have had a job, you could have made money, but you don't actually have a loss, that concept, says the Ketai, you don't have a din of Garmi. You don't have a chiv of Garmi for a loss of a potential profit. So the Ketai is actually quoting his son in this halacha, and the Ketai comes out at the end of the day that the Pshat and the Chiv is a... A, a sort of concept, a, a combination of a concept of Garmi together with the concept of Sheves. Sheves is paying someone for the time that they weren't able to work because of the damage it caused. It's a, one of the Chiyuvim that we have, so a Garmi of Sheves is a Chiyuv. The Nesivas explains, defends Tysus and says, you don't have to come on to this complicated shot. It's You're right, it shouldn't be a Chiyuv. You're right that Garmi should not apply here where there was a loss of profit. However, says in the Sivas, it was a Takanas Chachamim. Chachamim made a Takana that Shkiris Pailim is Chayev for the loss of Prat. That's in the Sivas' Pshat. So therefore, we have these two Mahalchem. The Mechaber seems to go pretty clearly with the Mahalach of the Ramban, which is not connected to Garmi. The Ketois is, is, is explaining the Tzad of Taisis, which is a Chi of Garmi, and that would connect to um, the, the Din of Mazik. Now, as far as the workers backing out, we're going to see Merch Hashem hopefully in the later year. And when the workers back out and they cause damage by the fact that the person could have, he had some of uh, the, like we spoke yesterday, that the fa- last year, that the factory, factory started working on dyeing the linen or whatever it was, and they stopped in the middle, so they caused the loss of, that's an actual damage. Question is, are the, do the workers have to pay for the damage that resulted by the fact that they quit? It's a very, very um, big discussion in Achreinim and the Ramaz is black and white that they do have to pay because any collateral damage from them backing out, he says that they would, they would be responsible for. The Chazanish, based on different Rishonim, takes issue with the Ramah and according to the Chazanish, you can only force Pailim that backed out in the case of a loss, you can only force them to pay for the equivalent of hiring new, lab- new laborers, new workers. But to pay for all the damage in the whole factory that came after the fact that they quit, Chazanish says you cannot be mechaev them, and, which is a, a unique, um, you see the plates, like they say, the shoulders of the Chazanish to, to pass them against this Ramah, but according to the Chazanish, you would be patr. We're going to speak about that hopefully in a later shir. Now, what does it mean that you pay them kapoil bottle? We said before, the Balbais who quits, 
unjustly, improperly, he still has to pay his workers. Now, what does it mean you pay them a compiled bond? Now, that means you have to pay them till the end of contract, even though they're not working for you anymore, unless they can find another job, or you fill in the difference between this and the other job. But if they cannot find another job, you have to pay them as if they finished the whole job. However, you deduct the the concept called pile bottle, which means you take off the amount that a person would be willing to take less to not have to do labor in order to get the salary. In other words, you could have worked the whole day watering the grass or watering, uh, irrigating this guy's farm, and now you're not doing that anymore. How much would you be willing to take off your salary to sit at home and get paid? So the Taz writes in Suf Bays that a person would be willing to take half the salary. He brings this from a true of Rashi, that a person would be willing to take half the salary. So there are some parts him that, that write that, that that's not so clear. It may be just um, a slight reduction in the full salary. Contemporary parts discuss a difference, they differentiate between physical laborers and office laborers. If you have people that are working in the office, you fire a secretary in the middle of the contract, and you have to pay for the rest of the contract. Since a secretary doesn't, doesn't have any physical labor, so she'll accept only a little bit less to not work. Otherwise, she expects her, most of her salary, for sure. Therefore, compiled bottles would be a pretty significant part of the salary. We mentioned a few times already in this year that if you supply different work for them, you're able to get off the hook. Now, of course, it's going to be tarumas. Of course, they can have a grievance if, it was, if you fire them unjustly. Obviously, I just want to mention that all these discussions of each side backing out is only when there was no just justification for it, really, or Besden didn't see it as a justification. But if there was some kind of problem in the relationship, whether it was the person was, wasn't, taking, wasn't doing the job they were supposed to be doing, or whatever it was, in that case, it may be that the employer is justified in laying off the employee, and of course there won't be a penalty. But we're talking about that he laid, laid them off simply for, a, for some kind of silly reason, a reason that wasn't valid, um, and that because of that he has to pay the rest of his salary. Now, if he finds him another job, he does not have to pay the difference. Now, what's considered finding another job, and when does that help? Finding another job, we said before, is any job that's similar in nature to this job, or at least worth a difference, the, the, is considered a replacement. However, you do have to fill in the difference in the salary uh, from one job to the other. So let's say the secretary went and found another job as a secretary in a different school, but they pay only uh, three-quarters of the price that they, she was receiving, of the salary that she was receiving. You have to fill in the extra quarter according to the ratio of pile buckle. Now this concept, would, the Nesivas tells us a very big Kiddush. This is a very important Maramakam in Sirius Poilum. The Nesivas writes that when can you replace a job? That's only if it's a job that the person would have not been doing either way. But let's say you have a tailor. You have a tailor that you ask him to make a suit. And in the middle of the job, you, you fire him. In the middle of the job, you, you fire the guy. And you tell him, you know what? I found you someone else who needs a suit. Says in the Sebus, that's not considered replacing the job. Because the tailor will say, listen, I would have done the other person's suit anyway. He would have come to me anyway. So what is, it doesn't, doesn't help me the fact that you have another guy who needs a suit. 
your job is the one I was doing and that's the one they owe me for. The same thing with many kinds of contractors. They could, sometimes they take multiple jobs, which is a whole discussion how and exactly what happens if they can't balance the workload. But if they do and they back out, the halacha is, says Nesivas, it's not considered valid, a valid replacement when you supply them with just another form of their labor because they could have, they could have done it anyway. It's obvious, based on this Nesivas, that that's only if something that would have come to them. But if, let's say, you found the job for them, and the person would have never come to them, even according to the Nasivas, that's considered a valid replacement, and you would be off the hook if you were the employer. The Chassam Seifer talks about the concept which we mentioned earlier in the Shir yesterday, last time, that if you have a poil, you have a labor that's paid by the hour, Chazal gave him the right to back out even in the middle of a job, provided that that was not going to cause a loss. Okay, so Dabra Ovid, nobody has the right to back out. It's a machlekes if that means that they cannot back out at all and you can force them to stay on the job, or it means to say they have to bear the consequences. The, the, it's a machlekes of Shemazam and Rebaran, and the, the Rebaran holds that there's an iser to back out because you're causing a garmi, you're causing a mazik, you're causing a hezek, you're not allowed to be mazik somebody, so therefore you're not allowed to back out. But that's all in the case of a Dabra Ovid, where there was a loss. But let's say there's no loss. Let's say you back out in the middle of a job, you're the, let's say you're the laborer, the day laborer, and you get paid by the hour, and they could find, the Balabayas can find another worker. However, since it's the middle of the year, the other person is only willing to do it if you pay him an extra $5 an hour. Which could be, when, when you add up all the hours, it could be a, a pretty significant difference. Who has to take the loss of the extra $5? Is it the Balabayas? Or is it the first pile, and he gets it deducted from the salary that he should have been paid for the first half of the job? So this is one of the most fundamental discussions in Sirius Pilem. It, it, the Gemara talks about this, and the Gemara says, at the end of the whole sugya, I find Zainam and Bez, the Gemara comes out, that there's a difference between a Kavlan and a Poil. There's a difference between a contractor that gets paid by the job and a Poil that gets paid by the hour. Yeah, the Gemara says that a poil that gets paid by the hour has the right to back out because poil chayzer b'chatziyayoy, like we mentioned, that avod lehei you can't be forced to work for someone. You have to have the right to back out. Now it's interesting to note. I heard from a judge one time that this is a halacha that the goyim actually copied into the law books, and they almost used literally the terminology that we use. That a pile, a day laborer, has the right to back out because it's involuntary servitude. Literally, the Gemara's Lashna, It's involuntary servitude to force someone to stay on the job. Therefore, says the Torah, that you cannot deduct from them, from their salary, for what they already did, to pay the increase in salary for the next person because there was no Dabra of it, obviously, like we said before. It's, it's a headache, you have to get another worker, and it's going to cost more, but he had, it's within his right to back out. However, a contractor that doesn't get paid by the hour, he gets paid by the job, and he has the flexibility to decide when to do the job. He's not considered an evid. He's not considered an evid. It says the Torah, 
that a contractor does not have a right to, to this concept of getting the full salary for the first half, of being considered an evit, and therefore, if he backs out, he has to bear the consequences. It's a Shiloh Nachroyd, the Machafrayim discusses, is he allowed to back out even? But even if he holds, he's allowed to back out, whatever the increase it's going to cost to finish the job is going to be deducted from the first part of the, from the first contractor for the part that he did. That's the difference a pile and a cobbler. Now, that does not mean that someone who's paid by the hour has the right to just go ahead and quit, even though it's not a double over, because nonetheless, he's going to make people a lot of problems. He's going to make people a lot of problems. We mentioned yesterday that there's a Shiloh if a secretary is considered a Mishareses, it's a maid in somebody's house, the maid knows where everything is, it's a Machlaikas, Achreinim, if when she backs out, it's considered a loss. But even if it's not considered a loss, even if it would not be considered a loss if a secretary quit a job, by the fact that everyone has to go figure out where all the files and all the papers are, let's say it's not, even if you go to the placement, it's not considered a loss. Nonetheless, it's not proper to back out. So I'm sorry for right, it's Eina Mishnas Hasidim, it's not the proper way. Righteous people do not just quit a job in the middle unless they have some kind of Eina, some kind of unforeseen circumstance that they completely were not able to expect. The same thing can apply during a busy season. People are paid a, a monthly salary, but it's understood that even though some months it's going to be quiet, it's going to be dead time, there's going to be times that's going to be very busy. So to come and quit in a busy season, the place can write is usher because you're causing a loss by the fact that you're quitting in the busy season. So that does not give a, that would not have this din that whatever was done, he keeps his salary because, no, because the salary is prorated to include some busy seasons as well. And therefore, he would lose from that salary because he quit during the time of the busy season. That concludes the second share on this topic of Sears Toilet.